Welcome back, everybody, to the Brew Theology Podcast. Lately, I've been wondering about this, which we'll get to later. It is brew theology, but we brew philosophy, we brew cultural affairs, we brew sociology, we brew anthropology. Uh, we we kind of brew it all. And ultimately, we, what we do is we create community, which is interfaith community. And Janelle and I are going to talk more about that in today's episode. But if you'd like to start a chapter, which I think everybody should have a chapter in their town or city or wherever you live, yeah. please email us. We are Ryan or Janelle at brewtheology.org. You can check us out online at Instagram, uh, Facebook, or Brew Theology, and then formerly known as Twitter, X is the new thing, right? The Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we're Brew underscore on that one. Find us there, and, and if you just want to see what we're about, we're, yeah, we, we, we post on there so you can look at what the gatherings can look like. But this this is kind of how it feels through the podcast. It's a microcosm of what you would experience in the pub, obviously with a lot more people. And I always say every single week is a new conversation. Yep. Uh, we we just started doing remix weeks. If those, those some of y'all know what that is. For those that don't, it's you, you take the same topic you did, and then you do it again the next week. And without fail, we've done this for years. It's a very different conversation. Yeah, just like the podcasts that we record are very different from what you would experience in the pub. Same content, same questions. But we love this. We've been doing this for a long time now. And and uh, yeah, we're t- today we're going to be talking about the parliament. So Janelle, take it from there. Ryan and I both went to the Parliament of the World's Religions in Chicago this August, and as many of you may remember, uh, I went in 2018 to the one in Toronto. Uh, The Parliament of the World's Religions is the largest interfaith meeting in the world, and it is often held around the world. Uh, So it has been in the U.S. several times, but it's also been in Australia and several other countries. Um, In Toronto, we had 8,300 people from 81 countries and 118 religious traditions. And uh, the numbers, they don't have all the numbers yet for Chicago, but 7,000 people from 95 countries and so many religions that you couldn't track them all. This event is amazing because you get to see all of the the religious garb you get to uh, see all the people you get to experience all the ideas and it is just a a huge opportunity to interact with new things they do usually have some themes or tracks uh, of things that you can sit through so this year they included faith and democracy the city of chicago and a lot of those uh, were people that came from chicago so activists, organizers, religious groups, uh, the Sikh community provided longer again, all from from Chicago local. We talked about climate action, faith and interfaith understanding, the global ethic document, which is a document put out by the parliament in 1993, peace and justice. There were uh, was an indigenous track, the next generation featuring youth, a women's track, and then some other things that were available were sacred stories for our time from the Fetzer Institute, which is a huge interfaith group, science and religion, and then the Charter for Compassion. So that's just an over, like what I just read you could like take up your week just <laughs> looking at one of, you know, those things. And there was a whole track of choices on each of these things. So To give you an idea of how big it is, Ryan and I counted, and there were probably more than 40 choices at 8 a.m. of different places you could be, then at 9.30, then at 10.30. And sometimes Um, they would overlap. 
they would eat, overlap. You had so much FOMO because you didn't know what you were going to miss. Um, and then there were also large plenary sessions around some of the big themes. And so you could also opt into those and uh, experience that. So it is an amazing event. Um, it, as you know, for me, it was kind of life changing in terms of a little some direction in my life in 2018. And uh, I, I'm, I've gotten some vibes that Ryan had a little bit of that experience this time. So um, we're just going to jump in and just chat about what it was like there. Um, of course, we should we should talk about probably first the most important thing is that we went to Wrigley Field and saw the Cubs and the White Sox. Ryan is converting me to sports. Can you believe it after all these years? Um, but it was a ton of fun. I'm so thankful you invited us and it was a blast and I'm really glad we got to do that. Absolutely. I mean, for those that know, that's sacred ground. It's a very <laughs> spiritual experience. And for anybody who wants to argue, I, I typically am okay with disagreements with this one. I, I throw down. I would say, no, it's a, it's a highly spiritual moment at Wrigley, just like it would be at Fenway. I know Yankee fans might not like hearing that. But I think people who appreciate uh, just the, the art of, of that professional sport would say, yeah, Wrigley, Wrigley's amazing. It was, and it was cool. If, if somebody said, I got a ticket tonight and a plane ticket, I'll meet you there. I'll be like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to get a sitter, line it up. Sorry, kids, I'm out. I'll be back in the morning. So yeah, we, I mean, we participated in Tibetan Buddhist, indigenous, shaman, Hindu, Jewish, Muslim, uh, Shri Chimnoy, I don't know how that's how you pronounce it, but these influenced uh, practices, Celtic, Christian, uh, not to mention like lectures on Palestinian and Israeli affairs, along mm -hmm. with topics on psychedelics, uh, ecology, climate change, indigenous women, uh, the LDS church, one of your friends was doing that, uh, interfaith alliances, uh, we, the dead, which was like a whole thing on just the dead, uh, liberation theology, you know, much more. I, I would start days with mantra chants, which is a new thing. Uh, I, I was a participant in the back watching a female water libation ceremony that I know Janelle participated in. Yep. Uh, respecting the women in the, in the center, I was staying in the back. Amazing. Uh, I went to a Gnostic liturgy service of Sophia, front row, got invocations and water splashed on me and took the Eucharist. Uh, an earth offering altar, let's see, uh, continued days of just in, interfaith theology sessions, uh, the sick longer, which we've, we've done before, but and having that rhythm every every day it was just beautiful. Uh, artistic endeavors, the art that spoke to us. Yeah, theme, dancing. I mean, Janelle did some dancing that I. I mean, we yeah, like I said, we attended our first Cubs game. I there were there was a mo there were moments throughout the day and the night where this extroverted self and those that know me or maybe even just hear my voice, I was exhausted. He was. And I didn't get a lot of sleep because my my plane was at I think five a.m. the first morning. So catch, just catching up and then just being overwhelmed with the stimuli of mm -hmm. all these people. Like Janelle said, all the garb, all the experiences, all the lectures. Um, it was, it was, and then I go into the, the what, what do you call it? The convention demo area where yeah. people had their booths and whatnot. <laughs> there were so just, many booths. Just, yeah, just rows of, I didn't even know that these religious, particular, spiritual, whatever even existed. Like, how do you pronounce this? What is this? And just <laughs> shaking my head in disbelief. I, I had a I had a moment where I I, uh, I texted a couple friends back home and and Lauren my wife I said this feels like heaven it really does 
Um, yeah. So I I was very grateful. Um, I have I have a lot that I think I I've in all that I've kind of gleaned down to a few things personally that I'm still wrestling with. Um, I have a bit of a thesis that I can go with in a second, but I'm thankful that Janelle went years ago, five years ago. Yeah, I'm thankful that Rabbi Stephen Booth Nadav, and you've heard him on the podcast before, that he's been talking about it forever. So yep. through those two voices, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll go. It sounds awesome. <laughs> but uh, if that tells you anything, that it took five years of well, it does. It's 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 not every year, so it's every what three to five years anyway. And it's yeah. not always in North America, right? Um, but the the fact of the matter is that I had to become an introvert. It was so exhausting. <laughs> And I'm learning that about myself. And it could be that I'm a middle-aged I man. I never, ever yeah. thought I'd hear you say those words. I, so it's the, here's the funniest part was like, so we, well, Lauren and I, I think it was the following weekend and it's 105, 110 degrees outside in Texas. And so we're in the pool, it's Sunday. And she said, so tell me more about this new introvert itself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, let's not confuse it with the fact that I'm an introvert. Let's just say like i think that what i participated in has allowed me to say there's a whole new realm within me that i've i've never fully unpacked i've flirted with it in seasons of my life but i've never allowed myself to go there so and i think i may have texted janelle too during maybe it was like the last day i think i wrote something down that was like very brief but then i had to write it out more fully and and here here's kind of what i'm coming to is i think that the future of of unity in religion and spirituality it must be rooted in this this posture of namaste which we've talked about before um, really, like I see the light inside of you. I honor that light. It's the same light inside of me. Like, namaste. We, we've we've heard it. It's, it's a kind of a, but that's that's the posture. Yeah. And I think moving forward, at least for me and perhaps many others, it's it's deeply rooted in mysticism. So lately, I've I've allowed myself to be more open, uh, channeling that divine in in these contemplative pathways that are really rooted to more of these embodied practices. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's obvious that we have to like re repair the inner, right? To move, to do work in the outer. And that's, there's a, the, the Hebrew word, tikkun olam, repairing the world. Uh, I think it starts in this interconnected self. And then it's imperative that we have, if, we, if we're grasping it live, we realize it's all connected, but I'm moving more inward. Yeah. And that's a very, that's a very new thing. So that's part of my introverted self. And we talk, we've talked a lot in Christianity throughout the years of like, you got to move, you know, from the head to the heart, which we say that. But how often do we deeply do that and do we root ourselves in these kind of uh, deeper well practices? And, and, you know, Matthew Fox, which Stephen uh, Boothadah, he introduced us to oh, uh, Matthew cool. Fox, which, which I think Matthew yeah. Fox was, was actually there. Um, he talks about the, you know, the one river, the many wells, but to go deeper into the well, sometimes it takes another tradition outside of your own to speak into your own tradition so that you can go further into yourself. Yeah. And so... Um, I got, I, I took risks. I, I, I allowed myself to not just go to lectures because honestly lectures, they don't, they don't bore me, but I'm like, I'm kind of, okay. I, I could probably look that up. I could probably read that book. I could probably listen, listen to that podcast. But if I'm here with these people, I'm like, what, what is their religion and spirituality look like? What is that deeper yep. well? And that's the deep ecumenism. I used to be afraid of that. I would say I would talk about it. So for what? We've been doing brew theology for seven years. Nine, nine years is, you know, going back when I kind of started this as a hobby, just with a few guys hanging out yeah. in the pubs back in the day. Um, so that was that's that was never the fear of like, okay, I could talk about these issues, but like, what does it mean for me to dive in 
into their practices to then broaden my own self. Because I think we have locked up the divine and spirit wants to flow more freely. Yeah. So starting with myself, and I, I've got a friend of mine who said recently, like, hey, like, you should share some of this stuff. I said, no, I'm a, st- <laughs> I'm a student. Like, I'll talk right now to you because it's a podcast. People can hear about it. But I'm not going to guide people in any of these things. Um, first off, out of just fear of, like, uh, cultural appropriation, uh, fear of disrespecting another community, another religion. Um, but also, like, I need to be a student, again, a disciple again in all these other kind of traditions in order to make to you know, figure out who I am just moving yeah. forward so um yeah I, I'll, I'm gonna stop for a while because I'm sure you've got things to say I, I've got I've got a few I've got a few things that I'm doing now but that's more of just the practical stuff so that that's where I'm at right now and, and it's uh it's frightening um even <laughs> even doing a divination uh tarot card reading uh-huh. was so new for me and allowing myself to just to move into that yeah like, okay that's this is this is, i can do this and i didn't get struck down by lightning and nope. it actually spoke to my christian faith yeah yeah it does oh no oh no not your christian faith yeah it did it really did it really did people it's uh oh. well speaking of that i have a book to send you uh called the contemplative tarot i have i've got one sitting here i'll get it in the mail and she went through the the roots of where how this ties into Christianity and has come back at it from that perspective so I mean I think one of the things just listening to you and and knowing our backgrounds like we we were made to be so afraid of this I mean our little apologetic teenage selves I don't know if I don't remember if you ever got into that fully but I I did and like one, they completely misrepresent all of these traditions, but two, these are all expressions of the divine in and our humanity. And quite frankly, I don't think Jesus is afraid of that, and I don't need to be either. And um, I it's just now I want to like go back and do the whole like kind of apologetic learning, but without that lens and and really dive in and learn all the connections between them and how they communicate with each other because i think that's the strength of interfaith work is that we have shared values and we have shared ways of moving through the world that can make a difference um oh that- yeah i ab- absolutely i mean i think tiknat han has influenced me for many years and what, and a lot of that was through brute theology of having we we had a curriculum piece and i made which made me read living buddha living christ so the things that, that I've been talking about that we've been talking about in the pubs, um, you know, with, with guests and whatnot, then to see it in three, it's basically seeing it in 3D, 3D. <laughs> in parliament and then saying, okay, well, what does that look like in a place? Like I know, you know, Waco, Texas may not have, it's never going to have those elements. Denver's not even going to have those, those elements fully. Um, but we do live in a very globalized, interconnected world with, with, you know, being online. I mean, you can go on YouTube, which I know it can scare some people and you can find some of these people doing their practices and participate with them and so in, in a lot of ways like we're really blessed to live in a time and i hate to use that word blessed, hashtag blessed yeah. we're privileged to live in a time such as this with internet access with guides across that that interfaith interreligious interspiritual spectrum and yeah. then you know like, like you know not, not to fear it but for it to deepen um being pre- being present in those moments you know and like what do i have to learn from you so that maybe I can be a better person as a result and treat my neighbor more fairly and justly and walk more humbly with God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. 
it was an amazing experience. It was very different for me this time because last time I'm much like you, it sounds like I kind of just let myself go with the flow. And um, I, I spent a couple days in the indigenous track and then spent time in the climate track and just kept grabbing onto those different things. I went to a, a pagan ceremony with a friend where we did like a imagine, imagine yourself going through the forest and you do all these different things and then you get to a box and in the box there's a message, which is that internal, what is speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really powerful. Like it, 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 it was, a, it was really interesting. And I don't know, I didn't really make, make or have or choose time for that this time as much. Um, you know, one of the things that was hard for me is that th- there, there were just so many things to do that it, it was really hard to fi- figure out where to be and how to be, how to do them. Um, there, th- like, so to explain to people like downstairs in the second level, there was a labyrinth, there was a woman's room, there was, there were singing bowls, there were yurts with different contemplative spaces. Um, there, yeah, there and were, I, I did. I did all those. It was amazing. Oh, you did all of them, and I didn't do any of them. No. So, so here, so um, and you know, I know we both done labyrinths before. And in yeah. fact, I think we, you and I did one together in Denver once. Yeah. Um, and recently, I think you, because you had told me I was dealing with some stuff, and you said go to a labyrinth. And there's always there's a labyrinth in every every city, most cities, not every yeah. city, maybe not in some small towns. But um, the what I found interesting is that the the area right next to it, it was the was it the the women's area yeah with the art i probably spent i don't know how many hours in there i would just i i kept i kept being drawn back into that room allowing <laughs> yeah. the the divine feminine in other traditions speak to me cuz having you know having a, a wife and two girls knowing that we live in a world there you know women are women are i mean it's true they're second class citizens in in even western society today even in the most like you know probably I don't know, affluent educated cities in america you're still going to have that pecking order and then seeing all these traditions that have so much like mother earth feminine just leading the way and not in an oppressive way not in because you know i know that's always the you know it's people like well if you're in charge that like no it's it's not it's about it's about this power to empower and it was beautiful and i was like oh yeah I can get behind that. This is, this is, it's not like a, oh, we, hate, it wasn't like a, oh, we hate men. In fact, when I, when I would go in there, the women that were in there who had all these exhibits, um, they're very welcoming and they were very appreciative. And they kept saying like, cause I would say, well, I would say, well, I've got two daughters and they go, oh, they're so honored. They were so blessed that I would be in there learning from them. Like, yes, why, so why cool. wouldn't I, why would be, I'd be afraid to, but it was, it was unique because in Western Christianity, you know, we may talk about like, you know, read books on, on, um, uh, Jesus feminists, like Sarah, what's her face? Sarah Bessie. Sarah Bessie. Yeah. There may be like things like that. And there may, you know, liberation theology has some feminist stuff, womanist theology and other things like that. And that's, that's great. But then to be, in, in, have an embodied practice, like the water ceremony mm-hmm. that I watched. Oh, and then thinking about all the different traditions from the Bible through all the sacred scriptures of women in water and how, and where life begins and what is needed. And I'm like, of course, this is feminine, you know, of course, spirit, of course, when you think of spirit and the Holy Spirit, it's feminine and always has been. Um, 
because only women can fully understand these things and um in ways in which you know as a man i'm like i can observe it you know and that's yeah. what i did i observed in order to to be in awe and to be in wonder and then you so you want to explain that water ceremony because i've tried to explain it to people and i'm like this would be great for you to well, explain what they did yeah, yeah sure yeah so the the idea behind it is that the comes from our indigenous sisters and that women are the water keepers and they always have been and and that what that means is that they help take care of the land they help uh take care of each other during birth which is a water thing and um so that that is has fallen or has been the responsibility of women for thousands and thousands of years and so in these ceremonies what happens is that you everyone that came brought water from their location um, and then those are put into a shared water vessel um, and the women keep the water throughout the event and so we we did have water from all over the globe um, from all over the U.S. and then all over the globe from uh, I'm trying to remember I think we had um, India and China and the U.K. and Australia um, were a few that I remember and so we all uh, you you basically there's a, a vessel that goes around and you add your water into the shared water and then a blessing is given to the place where the water came from and then at the end it's all put into one place and so then that water the the combined water was used throughout the parliament uh through the whole session and then you could take home water um, and have global water to then bring back to your next water ceremony um and so this practice um is hosted by indigenous sisters but but all the other traditions yeah there's ryan's showing a picture of it the other traditions also participate and so uh it's just it was really powerful i missed it uh when we did it uh in toronto and so i wanted to make sure to go the other really cool element is that just down the hall and out the door was lake michigan and so we were sitting on the shores of lake michigan while we were sharing this water and i will say ryan one of the things that came up for me throughout the week was just almost the presence of lake michigan and the the female presence of this lake that i grew up next to that i've swam in and played in my whole life and um just feeling a deep connection to the water there um and I think I was always afraid to do that from our Christian background. Oh, don't, you can't connect to the earth. That's dangerous. You could let bad things in. No, sorry, I'm over it. Like, it's okay to feel connected to our planet. That's what's going to save us. And um, and it's it's deep, deeply rooted in our scriptures too, from yeah. the first couple of chapters. And then so that's that's why it's like it's it's kind of lost on me that that would be a fear for people right. you know it's funny about lake michigan so i, I don't have the same connection you do but yeah. i was called i was called in, internally to my in my last minutes and i probably spent 30 minutes or so out there maybe an hour i don't know and i went out on the grass out there right by the lake i took off my shoes 
I rooted myself in the earth and I just laid down there and looked out in the water. It was that that's how I ended. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah. See you, Chicago. Went to the, ho- <laughs> the hotel next to the airport after that. And it was it was one of those moments of like, this was it. This is this is where it ends right here. You know that yeah. what's 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 fun is that you know, we talk a lot about like uh trees being you know rooted in the soil and how yep. religions are like, you know, may, perhaps you know it's it's it, it's a metaphor, whatever the different branches and then they bear fruit right but it's all rooted in the same um soil which underneath all that is that is that mayim chaim right the living waters uh uh. yeah and so next to that water ceremony there was an area in the women's freedom it was called i have it right here uh leaves of of hope bark of legacy sacred seeds engaged with mother tree so at first i was like okay what's this this is interesting and and so what you were did you did you see this over there i didn't know this whole it was like almost like a paper mache tree and you could add a, a prayer or a wish for on a leaf, um, being mindful of somebody. Um, you can honor an ancestor by with a bark piece and then a seed, uh, writing down like a seed that you're committed to, you know, to the nurture up. And so my leaf was, uh, my, so my sister, uh, yeah. Kirsten Lynn Miller Boyd, I, I wrote peace, mercy and healing. My sister has, has cancer and she's been struggling for Oh, I don't know, a year and a half, two years now uh, with yeah. that ongoing battle. And so I, I did that. And then um, for honoring my ancestor with the bark, I thought of my grandmother uh, and, and she was such a, a life, such a spirit, such as we called her electric Grammy. And she's still with us today. Um, and then with the acorn, the seed, I put my girls, all, all three of them, my, my wife, Lauren, Caroline, and Anna, uh, nurturing those seeds of hope. And so again, the that that area spoke to me in such just beautiful beautiful ways and so it just reminded me again of of that river that flows under it all and then if we want to if we want to plant seeds you know raise trees with branches that are healthy and like we we have to take care of the water and that's um the water within us the water around us and it's made me think about this this summer too the summer's been horribly dry right Um, yeah Water is very sacred, and we just don't think of it that way. You know, we don't think of it that way at all. Um, but it's all, like I said, it's all, it's all connected, and uh, it always has been. So I, I appreciate that. Perhaps it takes a, a female to to lead us all in those ways for us, so, so we can experience that. So they can, you know, you do these kinds of practices, and hopefully it makes you, hopefully it makes you change a little bit, move an inch in the real world. Yeah. You know, after after you have these kind of experiences, but. Um, the ri- the rituals the rituals are uh, are powerful and I think in I don't think religion's going away but I think it's changing. Yeah. Yeah, I probably could say more about the water and all that, but I'm not going to. Well, you can if you want. <laughs> Go ahead. No, it's just, it's just, it just seems to be a theme throughout the the gospels too, people. That's all. <laughs> well, and I think I think Jesus this is, says he's on the living water. You know. <laughs> this is where it ties into climate. I mean, this is they just started trading water futures on some of the stock markets that is in, in this context almost abhorrent we're we're now saying that instead of trying to fix things we're going to make water a commodity and you only get to have it if you can afford it and that is not a nurturing way to move about the world um, and we're dealing like specifically we're dealing with this in Colorado is they're fighting about what where the Colorado River water goes. I know Ryan's talked about how dry it is in Texas in these summers and the lack of water and what that does to the land. 
Um, and we're finding now we have microplastics in all water everywhere. Um, and so, you know, we when you when you then like put it back into context in this spiritual context, what are we doing to the waters of the earth? What are we doing to the the nature of our planet when it's raining plastic on us? And some people are are buried underwater in flooding, and other people don't have enough water to be able to to drink water. And it, I mean, it's just I I think that what the this interfaith context gives us is let's stop separating these things out and pretending that they don't affect our humanity because it's deeply tied into our humanity and our relationship with the planet. And we've, we've got to remember that um, if we're going to have any chance of surviving with less trauma and disaster than what may be headed our way. Um, and, and that, I think that's part of what's behind some of these things is is that we need to be reminded of our connection to this it's water is not just another commodity it is life we're we're grown in water we're born through water we need water for our bodies to function we need water to grow food i mean we we can't live without it it's it's not just a thing to be used um and i so that that i think got more enriched by participating in that ceremony and just oh, yeah. and, i mean how, how often how often are we we you know you say you're drawn to lake michigan i mean are how many people's place of uh of rest to vacation if you will to is at a beach right where yeah. what the, the, it's like moana remember moana the, the yeah. ocean calls her and it's so true it's like that's that's a place of sanctuary for so many people and it's been here before us it'll be here when we're gone uh, creation started with water it will end with the water i mean yep. so yeah it's, we are fully dependent on it's, it's like the sun right light, light and water earth earth wind and fire is it today earth wind and fire day for some it reason might be. i'm feeling it i'm feeling it is that did you ever did you they also had a sacred fire which i never got to either no um, i would get up early enough to go but i said i need to have coffee and i need to be still before i <laughs> i go to my 8 a.m and i'm like that's 7 a.m uh that well, the walk, the walk from the hotel took was forever to get over long. there. Yeah, it was long. <laughs> uh, so actually, interestingly, I've in order to get more grounded myself, I've been getting up um, like mostly because I have to get the kids ready for school and whatnot. Uh, but I get up at six a.m. every morning, and I have um, and you had mentioned um, a medit a meditative uh, bowl, a singing bowl. Uh, yeah, there's different names for it the gong, if you will, right? And so yep. I, I've been doing, I've been doing that. I had a friend actually just give me one. Um, but for the probably the last know, two years, I've been doing mindfulness in the morning, um, just getting myself in that kind of headspace and, and uh, heart space and body space. Um, but these are some of the things that like the, the idea of, of the OM, right? And yep. A-U-A-U-M. And it's, it's this like very mystical, sacred symbol in many traditions, what Hindu, Buddhist, and then I think maybe Jane traditions as well mm -hmm. could be some other ones, um, but that whole even that sound right of of Om, uh -huh. and it's like the the vibrations of the universe. Um, in some traditions, it's it's the world was created in an Om, right? And it's got like the first one is the A. It's that um, kind of like the the beginning of creation, and then the U is that that preservation, that sustaining the life that we're living now, and then the M is it's destruction. It's the end. 
and then you when you do the um and then you stop that's like that's but then it repeats itself right right it repeats itself because we're not like we're here but then there's the people after us and then there's yeah. people after after them and then people, you know, so um i've i've been doing that lately and i know it's there's there's so much more to it it you know it's it's religious it's uh but it's also people do it in yoga practices i guess yeah <laughs> but it's it's the sound of the of of the universe, you know? Um, and so I've been doing ohms and I just, and after I do it, it's what, it just brings me peace. It's, it, it, I, and perhaps we don't really think much about the world around us. Cause again, we're not, we're not getting ourselves grounded again. So that's just right. been something I've been doing again in the, in the morning after I do my mindfulness and sometimes I'll do it in the middle of the afternoon. I've done, actually I've done it. I probably shouldn't do it when I'm driving probably shouldn't do that. Uh, I don't close my <laughs> eyes. Uh, yeah. Again, it's getting yourself in touch with your breath, in touch with the cycle of life uh, all around us, right? It's all, it all has a beginning, all has a middle, all has an end, and it will continue on. And, you know, yeah. So that's, that's been a real um, sacred moment that's been new. And I, I don't think I would have entertained that in my life had I not have gone to something like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, I've, also, I've also, have I, I tell you about I've been doing qigong too. No. Yeah, qi, so qigong. So do you know what qi qi is? That it's this is Chinese. It's that uh, it's, I think it's four thousand years old. Uh, it's from Chinese medicine and also based in Taoism yeah. as well. Um, and so your qi is your energy your, that flows through your body, and you have these different meridians pathways that you open up so that you have proper qi flow. So even like uh, ac acupuncture, which I don't right. I don't do I don't do that, but I'm obviously aware of it. Um, that is based out of, out of chi, but chi is almost like a, it's like the grandfather to Tai Chi and perhaps even the great grandfather to yoga a little bit. Although yoga is not what we think of it either. Cause I participated in some yoga during the thing and I go, this isn't what, this isn't what I was taught. <laughs> I'm just laying down on a mat. What is this? Again, powerful moment, but, but I've been doing chi, uh, probably about three, four times a week. Um, and I'll, sometimes I'll do it in the middle of the day if I just need to get grounded again. Uh -huh. um and i actually had my kids do it with me one afternoon when they got home from school and they didn't last too long um but the fact that our whole our whole body obviously has energy that flows through and then there's aspects of our body that's uh you know that gets stopped up that get you know yep. for whatever reason and i know it sounds hokey it sounds like you know magic magic yeah. medicine and whatnot but i mean traditional chinese medicine is actually still implemented in western medicine today now western medicine can't fully explain all all of it but but it there's there's a usage for sure. Um, some use it for spiritual practices. Some use it for uh, meditative, um, and some actually use it for preventative medicine. And so I'm like, well, why not do it? And if it works in my psyche, perhaps that'll affect my body as well. Right. Just kind of wake, waking up, you know, your chi, and then um, gathering, gathering like heavenly chi, and then taking it down. And it's a uh, it's been um it's been interesting because at yeah. first you're like. When you first do something, you're like, this is weird. Why am I doing this? Like the first, probably the first time anybody ever did yoga or how about this? First time you had a beer, right? You're like, this is awful. I don't like this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. First time somebody sees baseball game. I grew up, I love baseball, but your first time, if you're not, you're like, what is this sport? And then yeah. eventually you kind of, you kind of move into it. Um, and it, ha it has such an ancient, ancient tradition in, in, uh, in China as well. And so I'm like, why, why not tap into something ancient that our culture knows nothing about in order to 
know, live better in my own world. So yeah. that's something that I've been doing. And then something that's probably uh, more, I say, realistic in, in Ryan's world, if y'all know me, would be some Jewish practices because uh, as the wannabe, wannabe Jewish person that I am. And so I have to give credit actually here to Rabbi Ruthie uh, Gel Gelford out of Boulder. Uh -huh. She's one of Steve's friends. Um, and I took one of her sessions on. I wanted to go to one of those so bad. Yeah, it, it was on Jewish uh, meditation. And she sort of joked like Jewish people aren't known for meditation. But yet I did a whole thing on um, on the Kabbalah as well later, which was one of my last sessions. So there's a lot more there in that tradition that they're tapping into. And I know that Steve, if he's listening or, or whatnot, like he'd be like, of course there is. But, you know. <laughs> but not everyone's like Steve or not everyone's like, like Ruthie. So uh, this is very simple. And I think this is something that if, if you're Jewish or you're Christian, or if you're like, hey, why not? I'm neither, but let me check this out. Um, it's from Genesis 2-7. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this scripture. Then I'm going to kind of share what this is, because I think this one, the last two weeks I've been implementing this one. And it's, um, then the Lord God formed the man um, out, of, out of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. So that's the that's the verse in English. But the word breath of life um, is the word nishmat chayim. Um, so that would be like this God-infused breath of life in, into humanity. And then um, the word living creature at the end could be living. It could be living breath. It could be living sentient self, being whatever. Um, that's that's whatever we are, right? So that that's the word nefesh haya. And so she would say, okay, breathe in. Uh, nishmat, breathe out, chayim. That's the breath of life, right? Breathe in, nishmat, breathe out, chayim, breath of life. And then she would do like, okay, now after a while, we do that for a while, then breathe in, nefesh, breathe out, chaya. That's the living breath of the living self, the living creature, right? So breath of life, living breath. And then you could alternate it, or you could do one, nishmat, chayim in, right? Nefesh, chaya out. And so once you, if, if you're like me and you're an amateur at Hebrew at best, probably like a preschooler, um, or if you're not at all, you're like, okay, let me break this down again. Once you break it down a few times and you get it over your head trying to figure it out, just let your body take over, let your breath take over. It's a, it's a very beautiful practice. Um, and it's, it's rooted in both Jewish and Christian scriptures. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and then she, the last thing that she did that was powerful was she would say, and I'd have to write it out for people because it's confusing. If you know Hebrew or you don't, just Google this right now. Uh, the name of, uh, the name for God, uh, um, which, well, she sort she kind of joked. She's like, well, you Christians call it Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jewish people don't say that. They, there's, they don't, there's not, it's just, they know there's, there's Yud, He, Vav, He. It's uh, so in English, the Y-H-W-H. And there's those Hebrew letters I'd never seen it this way. So Hebrew is right to left. And she said, if you actually do it from top down, yud he vav he, and if you look, you know, you take some time right now, you can pause this, you can look at these letters, because you can only really, if you, you have to see the letters to know what I'm talking about. The yud is the head of your actual body, okay? Uh, yud, the he is your, so you got your, your, your chest going across your chest to your arms, right? That's wow. the he, the vav, is your your right from your throat down your abdomen and the other hey is your uh, across across your yeah your feet to your legs your waist down and if you actually look oh. at it it looks like a person I, and who knows if this is like you know how in, in judaism there's all kinds of fun things we don't know but this or that and it's 
you know, there's a story for this, but this story could be some Jewish rabbi figured this out. I don't know who did. You can ask Ruthie out of Boulder. <laughs> like, what, what's the source behind this? It didn't matter to me. I was like, this is powerful. So I started to visualize God's name, the letters, in a sitting practice of prayer. That was prayer to me. Just the name. Yeah, that's cool. And, I'm, and you know, I'm sure people have heard too, like breathing in the name, you know, Yahweh, you know, Steve's talked about that before. That's another practice too. But um, these are just things that I, you know, whether you're religious or you're not religious, I think that people who are spiritual can take on contemplative things just, just a little yeah. bit at a time. Um, and those, those are just things for me that the last was it been a month or yeah. three weeks, four weeks. That's what I've been doing in my own contemplative time. And it's, uh, I think it's made me a better husband and dad and friend to people around me. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's Even the if, hope. Yeah. It just, it's, <laughs> it's changing your orientation to things yeah. and that's, yeah. that's critical. Yeah. Cool. Well, am I right that we're out of time? You got to get going. Uh, I again. mean, yeah, I, I, we have five, two more minutes. If, oh, okay. I, mean, I feel like I feel like I've done I've done all the talking today, and um... no, that's okay. No, that's what I wanted <laughs> to hear because this is. Look, you guys listened to me for how many months? I would keep bringing up Parliament after I went, so I think it's totally fair, totally fair. And I think we should do another check in in like three months and see where we're at with things. Um, one of the. Go ahead. One of the most powerful ones for me was I went to a talk on in the it was in the democracy track called fighting for justice while also decreasing polarization. And it was um, two rabbis that were talking about the work that they do in orthodoxy on LGBTQ rights. And there was just this. um interaction that I had there where we were asked um like what why do what why do we believe or what how do we hold on to our beliefs what beliefs what what shows people what we believe and and I made a comment about you know our actions are what testify to what we believe and then we had like a little, I think we had a little Jewish moment of like back and forth of like, no, I don't think that. Yes, I think that, you know, but the way it was just, this sounds so silly. I know this, but the way that it was done did not feel like criticism or anger or you're stupid. It was enter into this discussion with me and wrestle with something that is difficult which is exactly what we were there to talk about mm -hmm. but but like the experience of it for me is like we went right into doing it like we don't all have to agree about everything around the table but when we can find this posture of inviting people in and really wrestling with what we are doing um we might have the chance to influence them um and again like this is what we do every week right without we don't necessarily influence each other on purpose but but i don't know there was just something about in the room and what was going on and then at this i don't i don't even know if ryan and i got to talk about this while i was in chicago on monday night i came back to my hotel 
And we found out that one of the people that wrote in our LGBTQ book for the Church of the Nazarene had just um, been removed from his church and lost his credential. And um, it was just, I, I, so I was in a very much a space of like, how the bleep do you reach these people when this is their reaction? There's, how do you have a conversation with them when they don't even want you in the room? And that was exactly the work that this rabbi had done and is doing and was talking about of how do you enter into those polarized spaces and um, find something that you can turn into a conversation and a point of influence. And that was, I don't know, there was just, it was just something kind of, a, you know, like you're talking about all these spiritual things you did these experiences and I almost had that kind of reaction to this discussion of um because I think it really pushes me um you know you all know me you hear me talk like the the subtlety of negotiation is not necessarily my highest skill and so being having that boundary pushed in that loving way of like no like you you we have to find ways to do this um was just really powerful. Like I didn't even expect that this would be the thing that would still be with me after a month, but that that talk was one that has stuck with me. Mm. That's so good. So yeah, I mean I can't even like I in I take notes on everything and I can't even like really point to anything in my notes. It's just I re remember that moment and the people that were there and uh how we talked about doing the work and so that was just really really interesting and then that that opened up some conversations afterward with other interfaith leaders in different places you know asking about what we do how do you get people to come to the table how do you get people to engage in this work i can't get people to come and even check it out and so we talked about what are some of those baby steps between getting someone to the table and the invitation um, what is what does it take to maybe make that transition sometimes? So yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, I mean, there there it's easier for an organization or communities like Brew Theology, and also a hindrance. So there, it's it's both. And I'm going to recognize that going to a third place like a pub or a coffee house um, that makes it a lot easier. You're not you're invited yeah. to a religious establishment. You're not going to someone's house. You're like all right, I can meet you, I can meet you here. I can do that. If I, you know, because if you're new, yeah. it's scary. It's scary to be new anywhere. Um, but that, that breaks down some walls. Um, now the hindrance obviously is like, oh, they sell alcohol. So for some people, I, I, I understand that they can't go for a variety of reasons based on religious convictions or the fact that they struggle with alcoholism. And so I don't want to, um, I don't want to poo on that, which we, you know, we ended up just talking recently to our, yeah. our you know, your, your friend Dan about, about this. And so, uh, yeah, how, how do you make it to where anybody can come? I mean, I don't, I don't think that brute theology. I don't think it is all things to all people. But I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I, I realize yeah. like we have our limitations, um, but there, there are other places, you know, that could maybe would, would be more beneficial for somebody. Yeah. Um, we, we happen to reach quite a bit of people who are, you know, at one point re were religious and maybe are still spiritual that nobody else can reach. And then uh, you could say that about another another organization or another another community. Yep. They can do things that we can't do. Um, yeah. But as we saw at Parliament, that's why there's room for all of us around the table. <laughs> like, yeah. 
because humans are diverse and humans have different experiences and different interests. And so we can meet people where they're at. Um, mm -hmm. And it's okay that we don't all believe in one form of Jesus on the cross. Like, I think God can handle it. <laughs> yeah. There's more than one form of Jesus, Janelle, throughout the years. Tell me more of the history <laughs> of Christology and uh, the atonement. Yeah. Oh, we haven't had that discussion in a while. Actually, we, we no. did we did in Waco, we, but we have an online. Um, that's that's a fun one. We should do that. We, we, we should revisit that one around Easter time. Good yeah, Friday. Definitely. The different forms of Jesus on the cross. Uh, so this was great. I have to head out. I got to go meet my daughter for lunch at school. And cool. she likes she likes rosas. So that's a it's a it's a good Mexican joint. Cool. It's easy, easy drive through. Yeah. Nice. All right. That's, well, have that's fun. spiritual too. Food. Don't don't that's forget. Right. Food's always spiritual. Well, Baird actually <laughs> sat in on several food discussions and learned about food differences between groups and how that impacts coming together around the table. It was really interesting. So I yeah. love it. That definitely brings people together. Okay. Well, well thanks, Chanel. And yeah. for those that are listening, appreciate you listening. And if you have any questions too about anything that we brought up. At the beginning and throughout, you're like, there are a lot of words and traditions and things like, <laughs> what What did he say? What did she say? Yeah, just email us. We'll let you know. And we're, st we're still trying to figure it out, too. The fact that we've been doing this this long and we're still learning, yeah. that tells you that there's a lot out there in the world. So go explore the yep. world. It's a great world. It's a beautiful world. So, and cheers. Thank you. Cheers. See ya.